0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Hello, friends. This is Stack and Pennies presented by Mobile One. A.J. Almondinger dominates for a Roval dub. I had an eventful day. Up, down, sideways, backwards. Rebounded for a P-17 finish. William Byron continues that momentum deep into the round of eight. We're going to break down all things, as well as Ben Kennedy. We're going to give you a couple snips of an interview that went an hour, breaking out the new schedule. He came right here in studio and told us all about it. So buckle up, friends. This is Stacking Pennies. Stacking them deep, selling them cheap. It tastes like gasoline, rubber, and victory. We're out here stacks. And, and here we go. Hello again. I'm Court of the Joy, driver of the number seven Cup Series Camaro. Joined by my two friends to my right, Daniel Trotta.
0: Hi, guys.
1: Hey. How's it going? Good. That's good.
0: Yeah. Good week. Home game.
1: It was. Saw bit. you out and about the racetrack. A
0: lot of family out Shaking there. Shaking
1: hands, kissing babies.
0: Mm hmm. Babysitting fam a little bit. Yeah. You know how Charlotte is. You're kind of like, you love it, but it's a lot.
1: Well, yeah, I had all the Flores Clans in my bus. Oh, you did? Just, I mean, crew was swinging off the Raptors in there, eating all the food. Part of having a bus, bro. That's part of it. (laughs) And and friends. Yeah.
2: (laughs) But same thing with you. Your mom was in town. Everybody's in town hanging out. Dude, we went over there on Saturday. So, I mean, I think everybody kind of assumes that since we go to the racetrack every week, we kind of understand everything that's going on. But, like, I literally go... Sunday morning, from my house to the plane to to truck to pit road, back to the truck to change to the plane and leave. So you never get to see anything in the concourse. So we went over there. My mom was camping across the street at uh like where the drag strip is. Yeah, we stayed at her motorhome. Um, we didn't sleep there, but we hung out there. And then we kind of walked through uh, all the all the things they had going on: Ferris wheel, they bouncy out houses. Week. The kids were super excited to see you on the side of um. The, oh, the Chevy hauler, yeah, the Chevy hauler. Oh, there's Corey. Oh, there's Joey. Like they were stoked, and yeah, it was a lot. And then kind of went through the. What'd you think about that? It was great. Just the fan then we went zone, through yeah. the little gypsy tents and got an airbrushed T-shirt, some diecast cars. It was a, uh, yeah, it was a good time. That was. It's fun to go see that, and like, it made me more excited about the race. Did it? Because I'm like, damn, I don't get to see this every week. There's a lot of yeah. excitement outside of here. Like, all these people are here to see you drive and us compete, and it's you know, it's it's really cool to. Uh, to kind of just, it's refreshing to see it from the other side. And then, like after the race, we went out the tunnel and back to my mom's motorhome and ate dinner there and hung out. And just to see the traffic and like the effort that the fans put and the stuff they go, you know, put up with to to be at the event, it's it's pretty awesome. And it made me it made me feel uh, pretty lucky to do it. Doesn't it? Doesn't it give
1: you a little more appreciation for people that like spend the money, go camp, take a couple days off work. And literally just go watch us drive in circles?
0: Yeah. 100%. Yeah,
2: and I and it gives me an appreciation for like the show that we're putting on. The people want to come see it. And then like they're having a blast. So I, everybody wins.
0: I like seeing it through, because my family hadn't really been before. So to see it through somebody's eyes that's never seen it, when you do this every single week. And they were like, you have the coolest job in the world. It's, it's like, easy
1: to lose perspective. It is. Oh, yeah. And that's why I like going to see – I like going to be a spectator at some short track races, four or five a year, whether it's New Smyrna more down there for speed weeks or go to late mall race on a Saturday night at Hickory or something like that. Just to remind yourself like, oh, like this is why you do it. Right. Granted, the paycheck's nice. And it's like it legitimately is the coolest job that you could ever dream of. Yeah. To be a driver in the Cup Series. So.
0: How'd you feel? How was your day?
1: <laughs> well, I, I, I wanted to talk about the biggest event of the week, and it wasn't the Bank of America 400. It
2: was the Kickball Classic. I'm trying to forget it. Downtown. Come on. Uh, as, much, as much as I love the Kickball Classic, Devastating for the built ballers it was Shut a, up. It was tough. I don't even so want to hear it. it was the first L we
1: have taken in the competitive bracket with our Bilt Ballers team. Won the first two years in a row. We were looking for an unprecedented three P. It's never been done before, Danielle. And David Hoffman Realty put a squad together of some ki- soccer guys and we made some errors in the field. We didn't execute what we need to execute. We took the L. Was didn't put us in position to to play the semifinals or to progress to the championship. So it was the Kingdom Keepers against clean juicers and they took the dub and the dale so that was heartbreaking uh luckily for me
0: feel that lose every i didn't
1: know what mortals feel like when it came to kickball so uh, ryan and i both were devastated this was today was the first day since thursday that there had been any text sent in the in the team chat that's how somber it was nobody wanted to talk to each other
2: woke up and wept every day
1: (laughs) dude it was brutal uh but that aside competition aside the Place seemed for me super packed. I think we sold thirteen hundred tickets, probably gave out another three hundred tickets, give or take. So there was probably seventeen hundred people there. And we're still collecting auction items and donations. But I think we got close to two hundred fifty grand raised for the YMCA Insurance fee. Off clap for the kiddos uh man that events became so fun just the support of everybody whether they're playing in celebrity tournaments or playing in the kickball classic tournament whether they're producing it on nascar productions commentating it how was the commentate that was your first color commentating gig no oh, i've
2: done bowman gray and Couple other things. Your first
1: real color commentating gig of an actual event. It was good.
2: It was good. Chuck and Mary were there. We had a lot of fun up there. It was nice to be able to make fun of people with a microphone on instead of just doing it organically with nobody hearing it.
0: I went back and listened to some of it, and you didn't make fun of me. You actually were like very complimentary. You're my co host here. Mediocre skills. And I was like, thanks, Ryan. That was very sweet.
2: Hey. That's I'm not gonna. Listen. And I thought you were, y'all we're did on the great. same team. Here.
0: ESPN's gonna call you, dude. So I hope Penske has you locked up because you have mad skills. I was very impressed with you. I got tires to change. Yeah, maybe right, man. maybe
1: for ESPN, 8, the Ocho for you know competitive <laughs> ultimate frisbee. I got, I
2: got tires to change. They're gonna have to wait. <laughs> uh, we
1: got championship to try to Speaking win. Speaking of the Ocho,
2: Go. yeah, we're in round eight and we're going for you it. You are on. in the round
1: of Ocho right now. Get it, get it. Now these guys, all of them, all eight of them, are capable of hoisting that Bill France trophy and phoenix how you like your chances going into las vegas i feel like Penske's always solid there i
2: like ours i like i don't know like i it's it's a lot like charlotte we won charlotte but it's just moving and shaking so much throughout the year i feel like the way that the year cycled like it might cycle right into our favorite where we hit on something at the end of the season Um, as far as the car like you know it's two different things so as far as the car performance like we showed at Texas our car wasn't the fastest, but with a, you know, solidly executed day, other than speeding on pit road, like, we were able to keep them up front. So it's just controlling things we can control on pit road, and I know that Ryan is really hungry after this round last year. He's he's ready to rip. All right, I don't want to get too far
1: into Vegas because we'll recap that in a bit. Let's just recap the Roval. I had a fairly exciting day, and it started right from the beginning. Let's not roll the tape just yet. Let me give you a little context. Kevin Harvick, there are three or four guys – that I look at in the sport that have hung the moon. Jimmy Johnson's one. David Pearson's another one. Dale Inman, for me, is one of those guys that are just stoic. For me, Kevin Harvick's on that list. Quick Kevin Harvick story. I believe it was 2010. I was trying to build. Dad finds some old drop snout Penske car in some rental warehouse somewhere, right? so we named it rusty we actually named it rusty because it, it was be blue when of, it came it back it used to, the to be shop. one of rusty's cars and it was rusty he said have hell. to name every car oh my it was bad gosh
2: luck. have you named your off kill have you named your cub cars yet no that's you, probably that, why I, you're gonna be like far gump can't catch a damn fish you're gonna name your car and you're just gonna be yeah, shrimping that's probably what's gonna do you gotta start naming them
1: i do thanks for the reminder i digress to the story we got Rusty. We're working on it, and everything, it was probably a 2006 car, give or take, for conversation purposes. Everything is special built, center links, and Pitman arms, and spindles, and truck arms, and the house, like everything is Pens- Penske specific, because that's just how they did it back in the day. So another substory to this, that Delena Harvick was my dad's PR girl back at Finches, back in like 2002. So in that time frame, she met Harvick. They all, you know, hung out and knew each other from the time I was eight years old, nine years old. Fast forward. Apparently, oh, well, I don't, I don't know any conversations happened behind the scenes, but I'm struggling trying to get this car together. We're trying to go to Iowa with him. I get a call. I'm working late one night. Get a call, Dad on the on the PA, PA Sizeman PA shop. Corey, line one. So I pick up the phone. Hey, Tarv. I'm hearing you're having some hard time building this car. I'm like, uh, yeah, can't find parts. Don't have the knowledge to put it together, right? Well, just load that thing up and bring it up to KHI. He still had KHI going, right? Championship winning truck teams, Xfinity teams. The, the personnel he had up there was second to none. So I loaded up, three-tier card of all stuff I had, drug it up there, and literally dropped it off. He put two guys on it. They built that thing, made spindles, made a it, it. set this thing up. We ended up running, like, third at Iowa. Wow. So that's, and didn't ask for anything, right? That's just that's he did it because he had the people, he had the stuff, and he wanted to help us out. So that's that's what what Harvick's done amongst some other stories to help my career uh, progress to where it has.
0: That's awesome.
1: And there is also a saying, what does it work until your heroes become your rivals? And that's where we are right now. Uh-oh. So, what happened? So there was an instance at Darlington. He was having a good day. I was not. I was 18th come off turn four and you know how like the guy in the bottom kind of sliding up try to time it for the guy on the top to just blend and then so you can keep your momentum harvick's running the top i give him the top and i just misjudge it like nicked his bumper And does one of these and like gives me a hand out the window like yo you're a f***ing lap down stop driving to the guy running fourth so were you mad at yourself yeah because there's like there's several guys i don't mind running to he's just not on that list right so then bristol Fast forward. He's having a, a really bad day. He, what do, you, what do you say? That was the worst day he's ever had with fenders on it. You know, something, something to that effect. So that yep. car wasn't driving good. It was later on in the day. He had been running the bottom. He runs, moves up to the middle, getting to turn one. He checks up a little bit of road. And I expected. it. I give him like a pretty square shot. Like, oh, oh, pow! Slides. He hits the fence. I'm like, oh, sh-t. like, s- sorry for stuffing you in the fence. He keeps going. Texting him. Hey man, sorry to hit you. He goes, well, it's becoming a trend type of thing, right? Like,
2: you're a, you're a habitual runner into her. I'm a habitual
1: point. bumper line stepper. <laughs> so I, you know, I give him, you know, I say, hey, forever a fan. I will leave. I will leave your bumper alone for the last couple of weeks of the year. That too was a lie. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> I start right behind him at the roval. He's 22nd. I'm 24th. We get going. Now we can roll the tape.
0: Oh, we got an onboard. Here we
1: go, on board. This is like the s- first or second lap of the race. All the apexes of every corner right now. We're deep in traffic. He throws a little bit of block. I'm off of his bumper. The 43 behind me is like wearing me out. Pow, 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 pow. Little bit of shot right here. We're spinning our tires. There's a log jam through eight, and I'm checked up. The 43 hits me here, and then the four checks up. And I hit him right there. No harm, no foul. But the whole time, he's got his hand out his window like this. Like, what the f***? We talked about this. And I'm like, That's not like a a wreckable offense. But I think it might have been because of third strike. It might have been like a third strike (laughs) type of thing. Even though the message was obviously not relayed that my head was snapped back from the 43 hitting me simultaneously while he got checked up out of the front. Fast forward to like, Twenty to go. We're not very high up, and we're probably eighteenth, nineteenth. And now the positions have since changed. Oh,
0: now he's behind he's, me, and he's yeah.
1: like, "Okay, here it is." He's been running to me for the last six, seven weeks. I only have to race against him for four more. Let's show this boy a lesson. Gasses it up a little bit. And that was it. So he turns me around, sends me a little message, takes the three out with him. So that was my calamity of the week. Luckily for us, luckily we get a, we get a yellow couple laps later. Luckily for us there was an opportunity to put tires on and we were at a tire advantage for some of the guys who were trying to maintain track position so I had plenty of time. I had like 15 laps to think about what I'm going to do when I'm getting there. Mind you KH, I already bought a team in the Kickball Classic. They've supported it the last couple years. Appreciate that. Shout out Josh Jones. I already fired a check over. I'm playing his golf tournament on Monday. Surely I can't wreck this old guy for spinning me out if I'm going to go see him tomorrow. I'm teeing it up next to him in 24 hours. So I said, you know what? I feel like the best thing I could do is just pass him and give him the deuce. Because that's also a little bit of like a, you know, when somebody it's like worse, you, It's worse. You know, like when you run into somebody or you're you're racing somebody hard, you put them in the door, you make them check up, and they're behind you and your arrow blocking them, and then they finally get you, and they don't give you like a middle finger. They just give you like a, hey, man, thanks for playing. That, that
0: chaps like, hey. your ass even, yeah. For sure. So there was a
1: couple instances after this that I could have put him in a bad spot, middle three or something like that, and I didn't want to I didn't want to touch him, right? Because one, he's my mentor and I respect him and he's a champion and all this stuff. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm on a little bit of tire advantage. I'm gonna pass him and I'm just gonna hold the hold the deuces out as long as I possibly can. So I got him through, I turned underneath of him in an eight and across the big track all the way through the breaking zone, just two fingers out the window. Thanks for spinning me out. And there it is. I've l- raced long enough in my career to have a little bit of a grudge with Kevin Harvick. And then we just saw each other on Monday. and like At his golf happened. tournament. At his golf tournament.
0: What did he say? Anything?
1: No. Like, I didn't even bring it up. Obviously, he's taking pictures and all that. I'm sure we're we'll going to talk about it. But there's probably a little bit of like, told you, stop running in the back of me. I
0: had to send you a message. I uh, Yeah. And none of this made TV, by the way. Like, uh, I, I had no idea that you had a... You were causing stuff with Ke- Kevin. I had no idea.
1: I wasn't. You saw the incident. It was a little bit of a initiated bump from my rear bumper through my front bumper into him. He f- freaking, he flat out turned me.
2: He looked at your panel and said,
1: "Slingshot, engage." Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. That part but, but,
0: was on TV. Why? That part I saw. Why the hell do you keep spinning Josh Blicky out, man? Dude, <laughs> what were You're you doing?
1: You're a habitual blicky spinner. He, left, he well, I spun him out at Indy too. I legitimately thought he was giving me the corner at Indy, but he chopped me. This one was just because I was an asshole. We came out of the pits nose to tail, and he left an entire lane open on the bottom. And I was like, why? Where? Are you Okay, I'll take this lane if you're going to give it to me. And then he t- turns to try to make the corner like a normal person. I locked the right front tire up because they were cold because we just come out of pit road. And I turned them around. Were you too far? You didn't. Like you, too you didn't far. just turn them
0: around. You drove them all the way. I Into the barrier I <laughs> <'cause> at that <laughs> point.
1: At you're... that point, you're just you're stuck. You can't slow down because your left front's locked up. Your right front's locked up, and you're just driving.
0: Okay. So people that you were sending a message, like you were not gonna let off of them. No, at, I was okay. trying to stop it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. once but you when, start when, sliding,
1: and another car hits you. Like just you're just speed okay. speeds you up. Okay. Yeah. Like I was trying to get a word up. Right front tire was locked up. We were we were just both crashing at that point in time. You know what happens. he said after? Something about half-ass apology.
0: Yeah.
1: Hey, he said it about. What'd it, you say? I mean, I, I. Uh, yeah, it's probably a half-ass apology. What are you gonna say? I said sorry.
2: What else am I gonna do? Keep them moving. Oh, you you accepted blame for it. Yeah. I, like, from the view I saw, it was like you were kind of there, and then he kind of shaded down. I was, con-
1: I, he left, it wasn't like I drove through the rear. Like, I no. thought that I was, I, I, he left the lane open. i like, is he giving I felt it like you are at his left for your tire. Yeah, which, bad spotter position, they can't really see. I was surprised that he left an entire car with the open. I thought he missed the corner, which is why, had, and then once he gets on your left front tire, then you can't stop it or slow down. I don't know. I mean, I vouched for him to get in that 77 car last year, so. You know, there's. I felt like I vouched for his abilities, and he had a shot
2: at it. And so it said had, that he's we just ex-
1: coincidentally had some run-ins the last couple of weeks.
2: He's expecting
0: a half-ass apology. Or you no, gave him no, no, no. He said he gave. He him said a-
1: I gave him a half-ass apology for Indy. What's he? get? Oh. Yeah, what's he? What's he what's Are you got a f- fruit basket to his front door? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're racing. <laughs> yeah, man. So, sorry about your bad luck. It's a Cup Series. I've got spun out by plenty of people. Now I digress. We yeah. covered Corey's calamity of the week. We rebound, we put tires on, we make some moves, <laughs> finish 17th at the end, uh, which was, I feel like a solid day for our team. Hopefully we this week, have this pace. coming
2: week, it's just Corey's clo- back to Corey's close call.
1: That would be, I would Corey's <laughs> close call of the week sponsored by, I don't know. We, we need something with a C.
2: Well, this week it was definitely Celsius. sponsored by mobile one.
1: Ooh, so sponsored by Celsius. Uh, Celsius is Corey's clo- course, close call of the week. Um, Speaking of Celsius, selfishly, I wanted to get self Celsius in victory lane for the first time, but A.J. Allmendinger, arguably the king of the roval, oh, if you will, he, they, he carried did. Celsius yeah. to victory lane for their first brand Cup Series victory. It's big. A.J. Allmendinger, a new father, oh. same old good road course ringer. Had Chris Rice smiling at everybody. He was smiling at everybody. Smiled today. somebody
2: today. And Beaver. Shout out to your little Shout brother, out
1: Casey. I try to make it a game like "Where's Waldo" throughout the course of the day to find out where Casey's shooting on the side of the racetrack.
2: He, so he's he all is, around. So he's like he, Carmen San Diego out there. Your brother does content, yeah. for Cola racing. Yep. So yeah, that's a that's a so big one. And
0: last week's dog of the week, Victory oh, yeah. Lane dog.
2: Yeah, Dude, good for them guys. Goes from big taking
1: week. his truck out with his bare ass to
2: <laughs> willing oh. one home. <laughs> Good for them.
1: I Does that like qualify
2: as a dog of the week, Deuce?
0: Double dog. Yeah. Double dog of the week?
2: <laughs> Going to have to wait and find out.
1: <laughs> Got to wait to the Boat and Woes to find out who that dog is. I don't it's starting why... to catch a little traction, too.
0: It. it really is. Seeing some are, captions. People are talking.
1: People
2: keep... are talking. Barking, if you will. Yeah. You want to be a dog? Almendinger, <laughs> though, it was weird to see his reaction Victory, it, And it just shows, like, what Sundays are. It was very emotional. But also, his future is uncertain there. Right. Because the colleague needs funding and he doesn't necessarily don't come with it. So get it.
1: I don't get it why it's, he would want to go race on Saturdays when it's only three races more.
2: Well, I think we talk about it at length here. It's three races more, but the stress and the workload is triple. That's true. Right. He said
0: on Saturday, though, he was asked at Charlotte if you had the choice. He said he'd choose Sunday. I just don't think they have the, the money to fund him, to sponsor that car, and to pay him to run Cup. Mm-hmm. I just think colleague is in a financial predicament that a lot of teams find themselves in. Yeah. Which is our hopes and dreams and our wishes don't align with our checkbook. And it's an expensive business. And if they don't find more sponsorship, you know, I'm sure AJ has a price and that price isn't cheap. And not
1: when he can get you a dub, but
0: I, but I understand the fans. Dub. I understand what you're saying, Ryan. And I think a lot of the fans on Sirius have said the oh. same thing. Like he's winning You cup races, find a freaking way to uh, put them in the car.
2: On the teardown, they were talking about that and they are like, it just sucks that like if the business model has to be, you know, buying rides, well, it's been that way since forever. Yeah. Right. Like people have come and bought rides from since the eighties and on. Yeah. And now it's even more pertinent, I think, than it's ever been. I mean, if you look at Xfinity and truck, is there anybody in Xfinity and trucks is not really paying for their own stuff or having it funded like that's the game you don't uh you don't go and hone your skills at a local short track anymore you go to marketing school and figure out how to sell your sponsor and you go learn in the truck series that's yeah. just that's kind of where it is so
0: what do you want to see aj do you like uh, he's, him a being... uh, he's, he's a sunday
2: guy he's a sunday guy
1: he's a sunday guy he is an elite an elite road course racer and a very good oval racer he's a he's a playoff guy i think that uh the level of, of professionalism and knowledge and experience that guy has is priceless and but i do think I, I do think and agree with you the i don't think it's up to him um i think yeah. that there's probably one comma difference between racing on sunday and, and racing on sunday uh, saturday as well when it comes to aj's pay and it's probably at least a digit difference between funding a cup car and funding an Xfinity car. So, unfortunately, it's got to make sense with a C for calla racing, but I'm sure that just when you win, winning fixes everything, right? So if they're on the fence still trying to push their marketing team to go sell AJ for a cup deal, you can generally squeeze out a couple more bucks out, out of your partner for a couple more races to maybe make the ends meet.
2: With How expensive the cars are now? I think Danny Hamlin touched on it.
0: Are they at $2, is that 320,000? Yeah, is that
2: with
1: that with that engine? So
0: wait. If you, to, how much without an engine? I'm
2: guessing 3350. Really? Yeah, that's what Danny says. Okay. at 350. Is it not if you put a if you put somebody in there that's just funded. Right? At what point does a veteran make you money on the back end of not wrecking your stuff?
1: Well, you're talking five at least five spots and points and chunking three or four cars, right? Then you're looking at a million dollars plus worth of damage, and you're probably looking at another half million bucks in purse money so that I'm sure they factor all those variables in,
2: yeah, yeah, it's tough
1: but let's just let's just roll Didn't that they? out let's just let's play that out for a second if there is a if there is a a kid coming up that's wanting to get paid a couple hundred grand and bringing you five million that is a big swing between somebody bringing no millions and wanting to make millions. That's a big, oh, yeah. that's a big financial swing. So, yeah, unfortunately, it's to that. Especially when you have a guy that's a guy yeah. you can plug in right now yeah. and win your race on a road
2: course. Now, what does it do for your charter when you win a race? I don't know. Is that all based off points, or is that that's way above my because pick. that because you have to listen like to I think there is there's a, there's a <laughs> for that.
0: I think there is a tier in the charter system though, and it is based on performance. And so the top performing charter teams get a larger piece of the pie yeah. than the bottom. So I'm sure that this probably does something to elevate that for them. But
1: unfortunately for him, they, the win obviously comes outside of the playoffs. So it doesn't really make a substantial jump for him. Right. Because yeah. the worst that Ricky Stenhouse can finish in points is 16th. Yeah. And that carries over three years winning for. I looked at the points winning for AJ doesn't even get him a spot in points because he's still behind the 99 points. So unfortunately, if there was a bad time to win, if you're not in the, it's not in the playoffs, if you are not a playoff team, because it just doesn't carry the financial implications as it does winning the regular season, getting to the playoffs, and giving yourself that three-year runway of 16th or better in points.
0: Well, maybe this win will change the narrative, and some sponsor will want to step up and say, yeah. "What do you need to get the rest of the way?" And
1: potentially like to see it happen. Yeah. I think we all would. He earned it this weekend. Speaking of, 60,
2: Diocho. I was hoping the eight car was going to win in advance. I
1: even so thought officially. about that. Remember remember, we talked about that on a Spare Change, yeah. and I saw that eight. I was like, well, I looked the way up there. I'm like, oh, of course, Kyle's on the front row. He's going to mess around and win this thing. He
2: tried on that restart. You could see, Spun like. on
1: the tires.
2: And yeah. you, like, if you've raced the summer shootout, you've kind of been at that part of the track where, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. And you get into the fence. And just seeing him, like, bury the gas to try to fill the gap in the one, but not getting there, you could tell that his race was kind of over than the 24 got by him. And I was like, Byron and Rudy are going to steal another one after, you know, their the average finish. They'd have first and two seconds.
0: So here's my question, because I agree with you. I think Kyle probably gave that car everything it had and then some. Maximized its potential and the, got the best results he possibly could. But I guess my question, I know we still have four races to go. But how do you look at, is this a success if you're Richard Childress in Kyle's first year? Because he won the same number of races that Reddick did. They each got three. Tyler got booted in the round of 16. Kyle got booted in the round of 12. So he only made it one round further. And he probably has to get paid a lot more money. So, It's a success. Yeah? I mean.
1: Yeah. I'm sure Kyle Bush on this Tuesday for his comp meeting is probably not considered a success, right? But look at. I mean, RCR as a whole is still in like a rebuilding phase. I mean, you got to let that guy get in there and they have to get the team and, their, and the and just the overall processes of the simulator and how it translates to reality, and all that stuff refined around Kyle Busch. That guy's a three-time champion? Two. Two? I mean, he's, he's going to get those guys progressively better. Randall Burnett's a stud. Those guys are deep, and I think it's an improvement from what Tyler did last year. I think... The difference in probably the ability to sell Kyle Busch as a champion and going deeper, there's a little bit of back end purse there that's probably a little bit better. But those guys are bumping their per race sponsorship price up because you got a guy like Kyle. So I don't think the financial implications would make it less of
2: a success, personally speaking. But I, I, guess. I think if you don't win the championship with that guy, it's not a success. And I, I don't, you know, like I don't, it, it's finite. Your time and your time with the sport's finite, right? There was never there was a point in time two years ago where the four car won 10 races or whatever it was right and now
0: i agree that, i feel like you know, they should have done more and it's so. kind of a wash uh, well yeah. but
2: it but it's also it's kyle um, bush but yeah. on the se- on the other side of that it's hard no like I know. you know like I it, know. there's a there's better cars than him that are yeah. out and hell the 19s even out of the, the, the our regular season champion is out of the owner's points deal so it's
1: fun fact the seven cars scored more points in the playoffs than the 19 car has
2: 19's had a rough go. But I think we've only scored, like, the
1: 18th most amount of points.
2: But, yeah, if you, if if you talk to been. Randall Burnett Andrew Dickinson, they put the three-car picker on there. He's one of the best pickers on pit road. Like, they went full kill mode. Yeah. And they, you know, that yeah. that's a championship-caliber team. And I think – but I think that there's 10 or 15 championship-caliber teams that all the only goal at the beginning of the year is how do we win the championship, make a deep playoff run, win the championship. So – I'd say if you're in RCR meeting, it's not a success.
1: Oh, I don't think they're over there popping champagne bottles, slapping everybody on the ass, like good game, guys. No. You know? But I think being realistic, I think that the eight team relative to the field was stronger last year. I'm not saying Tyler did a better job in that car. I feel like the eight came out of the bat, came out of the gates hot.
2: Depending on the week.
1: Dependent on the week. And. You same, know, I think same this
2: year though, right? Same on the same week.
1: this year. But there was probably five or six seven races last year that they had cut a tire down or whatever. I do think that Randall had a little bit of a head start with that car cuz they ran the test team, so they understood what that car could do, what aero platform needed to be, and it took some teams a little bit of time to catch up, so now those gains and losses are a little bit more tangible. So, I would venture to say the A team was stronger relative to the field last year a little bit more equal to the field, a little more parity, and Kyle Busch had a little bit more success in the 8 than the 8 driver did last year. That's what I Well,
0: at. what adds insult to injury, I think too, is that you're looking over at Reddick, who did advance to the round of 8, is one of the fastest cars week in and week out, is sitting on poles, winning stages, and in my opinion needs to be a part of the championship four conversation now. Like his stock through these playoffs just continues to rise. The driver that you had in that seat last year, maybe the hottest right now, aside from maybe Denny and Byron, like Reddick, This round shapes up good for him. That to me, that adds insult to injury. That makes it sting a little bit more. The guy you lost could easily, I think, get to Phoenix.
2: There's a reason they went and got him, right? And that's that's why he went from paying for his ride to being paid to drive cars, because they saw that he's one of the he's one of the best and one of them dudes. He, I, I don't think. It's not a surprise to me or is it a surprise to you that he's in the round of eight and could win a championship? No. Like, if, if they said at the beginning of the year, Tyler Reddick's going to be a championship favorite end of the year, I'd be like, yeah. I could see that. See that? For sure. Because they have a pretty open notebook with Gibbs, it seems like. And, dude, Tyler Reddick is – I've really said it good. once, I've said it again. As far as raw talent, he's right there with Kyle Larson. He just doesn't race as much. So, don't at Speaking me.
1: Speaking of Kyle Larson, my man – Stuff one in the fence in practice. Those boys worked all night tirelessly till what did Cliff say, about 3 o'clock in the morning. And they ended up a P-13 on the day. Probably not what those guys, boys drew up, but it was enough to get their ticket punched to the round of eight. Anytime you bring Kyle Larson to Homestead, I'm telling you, just go ahead. Like, it's unbelievable. It's like lamb and tuna fish.
2: Did he win the race last year there?
1: Yes. I by like a f- country mile. Dude,
2: I'd like to see what the 45 is going to do next on this he year. He
1: can't run the fence like Kyle Larson. He might be able to think about running it almost as good.
2: You had an interesting take this week, though. You said yesterday on the golf course that you feel like if you get too close to the fence, it hurts the diffuser.
1: Under braking.
2: Under, okay, just at road courses. Yeah. Okay.
1: It does free the car up. Really? Yeah, if you look at CFD models and all that. The closer you get to the wall, it takes away... Air, because the the air comes in through the sides and under the in between the rear wheels. So whenever you run up against a wall, it it frees the balance up quite a bit. Okay. So you can run your car tighter, but if you get closer, it actually frees it up aerodynamically.
0: We talked to Tyler Monday. He's like, I know everyone thinks I'm so good at Homestead. He's like, I'm more excited for Vegas. He really feels like he's going to go out and win Sunday.
1: There's eight other guys, too. Seven other guys feel like they're going to go out and win, too, because that's the thing about them eight dudes. They know any given time their team is capable of getting that dub. A lot yeah. of
0: them say you have to win in this round. I mean, you know what's crazy is Denny, in this round a year ago, in the three races, went fifth, seventh, fifth, and missed the championship four.
2: Playoff points. Because of the Hail Melon. And, stay, and stage points. Which will
0: never happen again, but it happened.
2: Yeah, playoff points and stage points. It's huge. You know, and that's why the races are set up that way. So Vegas is gonna, you know, start that. But I think, you know, you look back at Chastain, that sucks that they're out, but they just haven't been as strong all year. Keselowski, I mean, they've they were hot for a little bit, but he's just kind of lackluster on road courses the last couple of years and then Bubba. Valiant effort. Way better road course way better road course program, driving-wise, that he's brought well, to the you, track.
1: You rise to the level of your competition, right, when you're sitting there in the simulator and you can go look at what your teammate, who's probably the best at road courses right now, Tyler. And if you can just go look at what he's doing, okay, this is where he committed, commits his hand, this is his braking application and how he trails off and how much trail break he uses. Like That stuff is worth, is like a the best driving coach you could get is just by watching somebody that's better than you try to keep up or try to get better and apply those things yourself. So we've seen just the influx of Tyler Reddick make an influence on Bubba Wallace's road course prowess. Because Bubba Wa- Wallace, remember when we went to the Robo for first time oh. and wrecked every time he was on the racetrack? It was like, okay, caution's out for the 43. You'd come in the pits. You'd take your helmet off. Look at the scoreboard. Green gets going. Yellow's back out. for What for? The 43's and the tires again. Yeah. That's how bubble was on road courses. Now, my man's qualified in the top five, has some pace. So, yes, you can uh, you can develop your skills, especially if you know and you have a good barometer to measure yourself up against. And uh, T. Reddick is that guy. Thought
0: lot That's- to be proud of. I think he tried to do everything right. I mean, he qualified up front. He got stage points. And has
1: MJ been to every playoff race this year? Come on. Jesus. He's in. He is bought in.
0: I think he was on Reddick's box, though, this week, which was interesting.
1: It's probably
2: watch Bubba Road Course before.
1: <laughs> Not going up there. I stay down Tyler's box.
2: Reminds I- me of like the Hornets. <laughs> like front row seat. Yep. Too much pressure
0: on them guys. <laughs> but he's psyched, though. He said, like someone said, MJ was like, yeah, we still got one in. So, you know, I know Bubba's his boy, but I'm interested to see if he shows up at Vegas, Homestead, Martinsville, as long as Tyler's still in it. I'm interested to see if MJ keeps coming races.
2: I hope he does. He's got Me as many too. people in the – he's got as many cars in playoffs as Roger Penske and Jack Roush.
0: Largest crowd so. around. My dad, because I told you guys when Kurt was here, like, he was our hero. Wasn't Richard Petty, no offense. We weren't in a NASCAR family. My dad, we get the, to the track, he's like, you think MJ's on the 23 box? Like, did you fi- go find him? Go find out. Did you go see him? I think he did, yeah.
1: His airness. Did he shake his hand? It's so fluffy
2: and soft.
0: MJ's hand is fluffy.
2: Yeah, it's like a mitt. You ain't gonna have fluffy hands on pit road. No, there's she, work to be done down some there. Paws down there. We should go talk about it. <laughs> we should. Pit road
1: boats and woes. Right after this.
0: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful
3: backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: Do your pennies stretch as far as they used to? Most likely it doesn't. Here's why. It took 2 hundred years for the U.S. to print its first five trillion dollars. Today, Washington has done that in just three years. The problem, every new dollar makes each one of your dollars worth less, robbing you and every other hard-working American. But you can stop this cycle of robbery by diversifying your IRA or 401k into gold, an asset that has stood the test of time. Our new sponsor, Birch Gold Group, has helped tens of thousands of Americans protect their retirement savings with Physical, precious metals. Now you can, too. Get a free info kit on gold right now by texting the word Corey, C-O-R-E-Y, to 989-898. With an A-plus rating, with the BBB, you're in good hands with Birch Gold. So get your free info kit by texting Corey to the number 989-898. Go check them out. Put some pennies in some gold. Welcome back. This is stacking pennies presented by Mobile One, and you know what time it is. It is time for pit row boat, and whoa,
4: Oh.
2: What was the woe of the week? Oh man, there was a couple. I think ninety nine had one where they dropped the jack, had to rejack it on the right side. Uh, there was a couple cars that did that. I think 99s was like blatantly on TV. Uh, it's easy to do. What they do? They dropped the jack on the right side. And the jackman left, thought the right rear was tightened, but it wasn't. They had to wave him down. He had to run back around. And then the one car, man, pit road was crowded. You got, you were close to getting clipped and clipping somebody on the way in. Mm-hmm. And then the one car came in and he, um, he got in his box like every like almost parallel to the wall. They ran out there was a green flag stop and the rear changer, Puzenga. He was he wasn't sure if it was legal or not. That's how close the left rear was to the line. They ended up pitting it anyway and got him out of there. But yeah, it was, it was a swarm down there when everybody would like pit on the same lap. Yeah, a woe for us was like we stayed out, we were leading, and it was going to work out great where we had clean track and we're going to gain track position. We were kind of just gaining track position all day um, off a of strategy. And Denny spun out, and we were not close enough to pit. Which time? In the one that brought the caution out. I guess it was like right there and the. Chicane coming to the start finish line.
1: I thought he spun out twice there.
2: He there was the the second one brought caution out. Oh,
0: with Rockenfeller?
2: Yes, yeah. That was he spun out off of that corner. That was a low link. Yes, that was that was it. So that was bad. I wanted man. It was a it was a tough debate for dog of the week this week. What are your credentials? Because
1: sometimes it's obvious and sometimes it's not so much.
2: You have to be. A dog and the best dog of that week. Okay, that makes. And sense. Then that makes you the dog of the week. Hell yeah! And it was tough because I really like how pit crews work. Is they have like track house, right? Track house does the sixteens pit crew, which the dog of the week from last week, Charlie Plank. Shout out to him. Great shirt, great beard, hero and a half shell. Dog, not of the week, but of last, last week. week. Very close to being the dog of this week as well. I don't think we've had two dogs in a row. An unprecedented. Double dog, double winner, dog, if <laughs> Cup you winner dog. Yeah, so they they won they won the race. Um, and what's really cool about that is the way pit departments are set up. They're at, they train at track house. So then you have your two house cars at track house, right? Which if you're in an athletic department at a, you know, if you're on a pit crew in an athletic department at a big team, you want to be on a house car. But then they also have satellite cars. We have them with the twenty one for and depth for depth that they. they the colleague doesn't have its own pit department, right? So they go and they contract guys from Trackhouse. So they don't have to accrue the expense of having a pit department and coaches and weight rooms and training staff and PTs, right? Trackhouse does all that. It's a set fee. And then why that works for Trackhouse is it gives them depth and they also charge, you know, um, Colleague for that. Same thing with uh, Gibbs, does it for um
0: 2311 20,
2: they do no they don't well, 2311 actually, trains at Gibbs but, but they, they train have their there. own guys yeah. but they do it for legacy motor legacy motor club motor club they do it for uh the 38 and 34 front row Hendrick does it for you guys um we do it for the 21 so it's it's kind of a a thing that is very common but what's not common is that the satellite cars win a race so it's always really like uplifting when you see when you're on one of those cars you see the guys in the on the house car kind of always having success, right like they see the one car guys, 99 car guys win a lot of races. so it's always good to see your guys that are on you know the satellite cars win so big ups to them, they kept them in the race. Is that squid that, that crew chiefs that thing? yep so that was that Squidersky. was awesome. but more important than that is when you go there on the fringe and you have to make it like the six car was, they were right there, two points out. they crushed the day. A couple eights, a couple o oh, nines, puts them P one on the day. And when you are fighting your way in the playoffs, even if things don't go go your way on the track, you control what you control. And those guys were the dogs of the week. <laughs> <laughs> the one, the one guy that I that the the literal he's a dog every week. Coot dog, Steve Price, rear changer. <laughs> Coot dog, <laughs> Lynchburg, Virginia's finest. Yeah, yes. He's still in my phone dog. as Steve Weiser. Steve Weiser Price. So, the six-car Brad, when he took over Roush, he went and, and got a got a bunch of really good guys. Steve Price was at Trackhouse or Ganassi at the time. Dog. Then two guys from Hendricks, Johnny Roberts from Changer. Dog. And Dustin Lineback. Dusty Dog. What a damn last name. Imagine playing college football and the linebacker's name's Lineback. <laughs> oh, oh no. Oh. I'll f- with that guy. Telvin McClurkin uh, is your tire carrier, and Big Brad Robinson, New York's own, is your fueler. Fuel dog. If you see the memes on Roush's Instagram of the big-ass dude holding the gas can, that's, that's Big Brad. Big dog. So those guys have been a great picker all year. They put, and like I said, it's a, you know, the the fire's up, right? The It's hot in the kitchen. Mm-hmm come playoff time when you're when you're right there on the cutoff line, and those guys delivered. Unfortunately, you know, it didn't work out for them on the track, but on pit road, that was a hell of a day for them. So They
1: did enough to get them dogs of the week.
2: That makes you the dogs of the week. Mm. Cough clap for the dogs. Yeah. Yeah, good for them. And, the, and dude, this round is serious on pit road. We talk about the heat in the kitchen. Well, it's on fire right now. An inferno. Yeah. Yeah, it's got uh, – Vegas, you know, Homestead, Fe- Martinsville. That's it. You can do – I mean, you're going to do – you could do seven stops this week. You could do ten stops in Homestead. If every time a caution comes out, you're going to be pitting there. Um, and then Martinsville, you know, it's just going to be a dogfight. I think Martinsville, last year we were pitted right there by the 20 car. The 20 car was leading. We were running second. And it felt like a pit competition. We were like three stalls down. It was all open in between us. And we'd each get done and kind of look at each other. And we were all just dropping low nines all day. And it was like, it was a really fun day, even though we didn't advance. It was really fun to race with those guys. And
1: So the time to just block and tackle and making fairway pit stops
2: is over? It's You're- down and it's down in distance, right? I, I've i been on the car here in, in Vegas, right, where you have an, have an issue. The first stop, green flag stop of the day. And it runs green for so long, you never get it back. Because if you have an issue and you go a lap down, then you go two. It the, the stage breaks don't really work out for you, and the field catches the back field and they start lapping a bunch of guys. You can just be stuck a lap down all day. Mm-hmm. So Vegas, you have to green flag stops. You have to execute. You have to get it right. You have to get it tight, and you have to get them back out there without having to come down pit road. But come to the end of the race, you're gonna have to rifle one off and. You know, two tires, four tires is going to be a strategy there at the end. We've seen that, you know, here earlier this year, Vegas, a lot of mile-and-a-halves. Then we go to Homestead, and you're just going to be bolting four tires on that thing all day. And then, like I said, Martinsville, you know, it's, it's just one of them places with tight pit boxes, tight pit road. And you're definitely, you know, you might not win the race or win the championship, but you're sure as hell somebody's going to lose it on pit road for sure. Always do. The Hendrick yeah. cars are still, I think, you know, even though the six car, I think the six car led the week, but the 400 cars were second, third, fourth, and fifth. So, you know, they still have a ton of speed. Your team cranked off an awesome stop. They, they're they the only ones that kind of have depth all the way through and even through their, you know, affiliate cars like yours. It, they're very fast. Yeah, my uh, guys are good. So it's going to be interesting to see if that speed on pit road and their speed in the cars can translate to a, to a ring on their finger, but... Going back to
0: the the dogs, though, a question. If you see how good some of the guys on the six are, they do not advance. The 17 does advance. Do teams look at that internally before the next round?
2: 17's been some dogs this week. Or this year, they've been the dogs of the week a couple times. So they got their own dogs. They're they're a young bunch. They've won four races this year because they won three with the 17, and they won Daytona 500 Ricky. They got moved from the 47 to the seventeen. Another classic case of talking about outsourcing pit crews, right? They took that whole team from Ricky's team, put them on the 17, and they won three races. And they won at three tracks, you know, where you, Richmond's one of them where you just have to have a great day on pit road. So they're a really young team, but a really talented team. So it'd be hard. I I thought about that too, kind of looking at the ones that got knocked out and their depth and who could get switched over. But that 17 team is clicking too, so it's tough to even touch anything over there. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not the pit coach. It, it'd be it'd be hard. The six guys are really good too. So, it, it and it doesn't just the guys that you work with that are over the wall. That's a part of it, right? Yeah. The guys pulling hose, the guys rolling tires in, the guys behind the wall. It takes everybody.
1: But the tear off guy.
2: Tear off guy is important. Yes, everybody. That job. You don't pull
1: it right. You can't. You I've done can't that see job. Where you're going.
2: <clears throat> I did that job on the 14 car the year we won the championship, just for a couple of races because Troy, the guy that did it, uh like broke his foot or something. And Tony was such a prick. You would like go out there and give him a water bottle. And he'd like grab your fire suit and pull you in the car <laughs> because like, it's a thankless job, right? Like yeah. you can only be in the way. So he'd like pull you in the car, like kind of hit you in the nuts of the bottle. When he threw it out, it was brutal. But yeah, that's a, that's my six man story. That's what they call that. The sixth man.
1: Was it still five man back then?
2: It was five man pit style, or that was, that was a seventh man. That's what yeah. you call it now. Six man now. Yeah. Hmm. So, I'm happy I'm, I'm happy I'm changing front tires and not doing that. Progression. Progression. Stagging pennies. I
0: say um, you're getting popular. I mean, Dogs of the week's getting big. It's
1: getting some traction. Stacking pennies man. is getting big. People
0: are, like, stopping by the pits. Like, before pit stops, people are, like, gathering around the 12, pit box. Like, I saw it at Charlotte. Like, people want to get a look at my man.
1: Yeah. Be a dog. Got to be <laughs> a dog. You can't have no cats meowing. And the fans are all standing around, too, waiting in the wings for this Ben Kennedy schedule breakdown interview. We talked to him for over an hour, but we're going to give you guys a short little clip of what we got into with him. And the rest of that's going to drop on Thursday. Check it out.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: For me, race day is a great reason to shut down the laptop, put the phone on silent, and simply enjoy the driving. But Mobile One wants to remind you that you can get that same kind of escape any day of the week. How? by simply hopping in your car, rolling the windows down, and hitting the road. No emails, no calls, no work, just freedom. Mobile One, for the love of driving. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Stack and Pennies in studio. He has joined us via Zoom before, but first time he has set foot on the and Penny set. The guy, the brainchild of the NASCAR schedule and many other things, Ben Kennedy joining us. Cool, golf clap. <laughs> Thank
4: well, you cool. for having me. Appreciate for it. Coming. Good to uh, good to finally be here in person.
1: Absolutely, you're the man of the hour. Everybody wants to talk to you. You have the big-awaited schedule got pushed back a couple weeks. There was a lot of chatter, a lot of chirp tripping. What's changing? What's moving? We going to Mexico. We going to Canada. Who knows? And we're going to Iowa. And we're going to Iowa. <laughs> How many?
0: I got so my passport updated and everything. I, I, I did, was, I I was did too. Yeah, you owe me
1: that $75. dollars <laughs> have your
4: passport ready.
1: <laughs> you never know where we're going to go. That, we'll get to that in a second. I'm sitting here holding a spreadsheet of the schedule. How tired are you looking at this?
4: <laughs> so the morning after we release the schedule, and I do this every year. I mean, as soon as we start working on the schedule, which is six months in advance, um, is when we start to place you know, dates in boxes. I have my Excel sheet up. I have my Excel sheet up and one or two other documents. And it always feels so good that next morning to hit the red X. Afterwards, I'm like, I'm not seeing the schedule again. So um, we went through 24 different variations on the schedule this year. We landed on 24B. So we play with different scenarios too. And that was our last version. So we did a lot better than 2020, which I, I think we ended up with 85
1: versions. Sheesh. Well, we were racing Wednesdays. We were just racing all we can do to get all the races backfilled before Phoenix. Wednesdays,
4: doubleheaders, all that stuff.
1: I can't even imagine the amount of phone calls went <laughs> into that. Man, you guys have worked tirelessly. I'm, I'm. We can we can talk about the end, and then kind of work backwards. Is there like a moment where somebody is like, Yep, yeah, pull a trigger on that," or like, is there a panel like thumbs up? We good? Looking around, everybody. Any reservations? Okay, good. And then, like, you hit the big red button and go, "How does that work?"
4: Yeah, so it's um, I would say the red button never really gets hit until we officially send the schedule out every year. So, you know, and and I was talking with some people that were hearing about some of the rumors around the twenty-four schedule leading into it, and right, like we're going through different variations, we're playing out different scenarios, and we have a group of, I would say, about give or take one or two people, a dozen people. That get together on a weekly basis. That are talking through the schedule. So we have folks representing from competition, from broadcast, from international, from strategy, a handful of different folks that will get together and talk about everything related to the schedule. So, you know, broadcast will weigh in as it relates to network windows and start times. Competition will will weigh in. You know, as you think about moving from track to track. So this is something that we think about a lot and. Um, something that someone asked me last week is, "Well, why why would you not have a midweek race in between these two dates?" And in order to have a midweek race, it's really tough to come to Sonoma to, even if it is a Martinsville or Richmond on a Wednesday, especially if you start to consider weather and all of those things. So, competition will weigh in. We'll have our international folks weigh in. We'll have. Our strategy folks weigh in. So, we really kind of have a core group that starts to set the foundation for the schedule. And then from there, we'll have different parties that will break out that are focused on the execution of it. So, you had Julie Geezy here that talked about the Chicago Street Course, put together a team in Chicago that's now executing that event. The team in Los Angeles is focused on the Coliseum. So, what started as a small group of seven or eight people in the summer of 2019 has now expanded into a handful of different folks. not perfect yet, but we're learning a lot and gonna continue to iterate on it as we uh, keep going.
1: Do you ever look at a farmer's almanac occasionally
4: yeah do you? we do yeah we we look at that every now and then um I mean you start to think about whether it's it's a big factor in our schedule, right different times of year, when we're racing, where we're racing, all of those things.
1: What a, can we not go back to Texas when it's 400 degrees? (laughs) Well, it's moving to the spring next
4: year. My man, appreciate that. It is moving to the spring next year. We got your
0: wish. Yes. We got
4: your wish. Yes. So we actually, um, we, we've partnered up with the weather company in the past and, um, IBM. So they have all sorts of data that we can look at as we start to think about weather forecast time of year. I think the. The tricky part of this, right, is especially you start to think about February and March and then October and November, there's only a handful of warm weather tracks that we can realistically go to. It's Daytona, it's Homestead, it's Phoenix. Even Vegas is a bit of a mixed bag every now and then. Atlanta can be a mixed bag. So you start to think about February, and March, it is difficult to find a lot of warm weather dates, especially when we get into that part of the schedule. But- Speaking
0: of Atlanta, Ben, that second race. Did Atlanta, what puzzle piece was that last? Was it first? Like, because I feel like the second race you could argue is maybe one of the most important because you have such a massive audience for the 500 and how do you carry them over? I'm guessing you want to give fans the greatest product that you put on. Do you do something vastly different? Seems like we're doing something kind of similar in a super speedway kind of intermediate hybrid. Talk to me about Atlanta and how you kind of chose that as the second race
4: yeah so atlanta we discussed for a long time there were half a dozen tracks that that we talked about being in that second slot this so is your point it's a really important part on the schedule so you go from the clash to daytona 500 daytona 500 highest rated highest viewed most attended event of the year to atlanta you have a lot of people that are just naturally carrying over into the first part of the season so Felt like it was important to have a a racetrack that frankly puts on an exciting race, a compelling racing product. Now that we've been able to see it out with the reconfiguration repaid for the past couple of years, that was a consideration. Weather was another consideration. Sure. A little bit colder in late February, but we've also had Atlanta in the second slot for about five or six years, you know, from 2015, I think through 2019. So there were a handful of things that we talked about, you know, part of that also you know, continuing to have Vegas and Phoenix in the third and fourth slots. A lot of date equity around those two races in particular. Um, So there were a handful of things as we talked about Atlanta. And, you know, I'll be honest, we looked at a ton of different options going into that second slot. And uh, just naturally, Atlanta made the most sense, all things considered.
0: It's one of his best tracks, so I'm sure you're happy about it. Lock you into the playoffs early.
1: I I would love that. I would love that. And then it's in the first round of the playoffs too, so we might mess around and be able to go on to the round of 12. Who knows? A lot of chatter. I personally like Daytona being the last regular season race of year. I feel like it gave the sport a lot of unknowns, a little bit of a wild card to finish the season. How much talk went into that decision-making draw to the regular season finale?
4: a lot of talk. Uh, So we debated that for a really long time because, you know, we did make a, a, a pretty bold move a few years ago and moved it off of the July 4th weekend, right? Talk about data equity, Daytona on July 4th, in a lot of ways was synonymous with each other. So moving it to the end of the regular season was a huge shift for us. And, you know, I think after we've seen that shift play out for a few years, it's something we debated for a really long time. We have the two olympic off weeks do you do a midweek race Do you do a double header or do you shift the tail end of your season back one week which we ended up deciding to do and you know as we said last week and when we announced a schedule this isn't a forever thing this is something we're going to test out for one year see how it goes continue to learn candidly i wouldn't be surprised if daytona went back to the regular season cutoff especially after the past few years it's exciting it's unpredictable um anytime you have A lot of those values that come out of a race our fans tend to enjoy it in the last race of the regular season i mean anyone can win that race and punch their ticket to the playoffs so that's really exciting that said i am looking forward to seeing what darlington's going to look like on labor day weekend you know that's something we talked about too do you swap darlington and daytona and have um, daytona on labor day weekend feel like there's a lot of value um, and a lot of history and tradition of darlington and that 500 mile race on that weekend so that was another part of us talking about it. So again, just because it's part of the twenty four schedule doesn't mean it's gonna be on the twenty five schedule, but it is something we wanted to test out and see how it does.
1: Everything's up for everything's up to change. Everything's up to change. He, yeah. He's had a he's had a talking point <clears throat> whenever we bring up scheduled talk. He
2: says there's only four tracks on the schedule. How many numbers? I would th- like so I had this conversation with Chip Weil, who's president of tracks, right? And right. at kickball. Which we lost this week, sticking point. But uh, but we'll get over that. I asked him. I said, "Man, I've always kind of been on the fence of two Daytonas, two Talladegas, and two Martinsvilles, and like I'd be good going everywhere else once. Just from just from a guy on pit roads standpoint of crowd and and hmm. kind of the vibe you get when you go to a new track or only go somewhere once. Two, but
4: you like two Daytonas.
2: And two I like two or? Daytonas, two Talladegas, okay. and two Martinsvilles. Everywhere else everywhere I can else do single. once. Okay." He said, well, where the hell do you want to go? (laughs) And that's a great point, right? So I was like, yeah, that's a good point. Like Kentucky, like, and he had rebuttals for Kentucky. But then I was wondering, like, there's not a lot of places you can go in the country because there's just so many Like, we've come so far with safety since like, I, I brought up like a Pike's peak, like is Pike's peak even still there? How many different tracks now? Now we've crossed the bridge where you can create tracks right in the city, like Chicago. How many do you keep your finger on the pulse of like what short tracks would we be able to go to? What what has the capacity seating wise? Like what do you look at around the country there?
4: Yeah, so there's a number of things we try to look at, and in in a perfect world, if we could go and race at any racetrack that exists out there tomorrow, you know we would have already made a lot of those changes. So. Um, you hit on some of them. You know, we look at capacity, we look at fan experience, we look at amenities. And then a really big important part of it is what does track safety look like? So, you know, do we have safer walls? Is the foam updated in the safer walls? Do we have the right guardrails and fencing? And that's not a small capital expense as you think about moving our Cup Series to different tracks. So, you know, a lot of times as we think about looking at these new venues, um, frankly, they're tracks that we've either erased that in the past. Um, that might be a track that Formula One races at, like Circuit of the America's. Or we go down this path that we've done in Los Angeles and Chicago of creating temporary tracks. Um now we've been very candid and and I believe this that you know if we're gonna have a stadium race in a street circuit type of racing on the schedule, it's never gonna be a majority of the schedule. It's probably never gonna be a bulk of the schedule, but is there a place where you could have one or two or maybe three of those types of tracks where you're going into new and novel markets in a downtown location, literally bringing NASCAR racing to not only our fans, but a lot of people that haven't been to a NASCAR race before. Yeah. I think that's the opportunity to talk about the temporary tracks. From a permanent standpoint, I do think it is a bit tricky because, you know, are there tracks that we could go out there? Absolutely. We got to think about the location. We have to think about the market, and then, really importantly, we have to make sure it's safe. And then, anyone that's coming to the track, that they have a good fan experience. And you think about the level of amenities that people expected 20 years ago looks entirely different today, right? Now, you want to come to the track. You want to be able to connect to your Wi-Fi. You want to be able to park close to the track. So, just the overall fan experience has evolved as we think about that.
3: So, I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word Broomgate.
0: Just a snippet of the good stuff you're going to get from Ben Kennedy over an hour on schedule, his role, future NASCAR. So much good stuff. His days as a driver. You can listen to it all. Stacking Pennies with Ben Kennedy is going to drop on Thursday, wrapping this week's episode. Guys ready? Corey, Penny for your thoughts.
1: If you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. Oh, that's right.
0: Case Bob 482. Does the interior color of your car, white or black, make a difference with your aspect while driving? And does the pink window net play into that too?
1: So everybody's interior color is black. Or I'm sorry, white. Like the chassis is white some guys cover up their surfaces with black vinyl or something that we worked on last year is even when you do like a matte finish carbon dashboard whatever difference with this car is in particular i think the windshield has more slant in it like laid down so it reflects real bad of carbon on the inside of the windshield so we experimented with different types of materials and we ended up like they call it like flocking like they literally just put like elmer's glue on the dash and like spray this black fluff on it and it's great mm. so that helps visibility when there's a super glare on your windshield uh, that's helped and then you see some guys put clear tubes through their windshield ducts or just leave windshield bolts out so you can see through uh, the direction you're going so there's a lot of different ways you, you can, can see can leave windshield bolts out you can they don't like it but you can leave them out It turns out it's about the fasteners um, the also the pink window net is black on the inside so they do pink on the I know it's a great cause. I just, I think they look terrible. Go buy one. You can buy one of my signature on it. I think at KurtBush.com. I don't know where you can buy it, but it's for a great cause. They look terrible, but they're, they sign, they sew black to the inside of it. Smart. But you could also see every pink square. So as that thing's whipping in the breeze, you get like pink square in your peripheral. Mm. Sikes you out a little bit. You just have to lock in
0: i glad the window like net came so down uh, quickly, but Ricky Stenhouse took a little while to get out. A little worried about my man. I mean, it was catching on fire
1: for
2: like 20 minutes. He yeah. Came out like ground.
0: a cool customer too. Like, eh, we're good. He's a cool
2: customer. Dude, that red chassis on the three car back in the day is coolest of all time.
1: Dude, when they did all of Kurt Busch's monster releases for the 45, they had a red chassis car, like for all the show cars and stuff. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Imagine how sweet it would be if flow coating could put a sweet color on these chassis. All it right. wouldn't stick for very long, but I mean, it, it looked cool there. for a little <laughs>
2: 500 miles, all, got that's, all, you, that's all it takes. Unless it you back. go to Charlotte, once, 600. Everything else. So there you go.
0: Okay. Next question comes from Tyler C. Turner. If you could play kickball with one team at one stadium for the rest of your life, who's on your team roster and what stadium oh would my it be?
1: Oh, God. This is a great stack in pennies. Penny for your thoughts question. Tyler Turner, you're the goat. I'm going to go dead or alive, full course, all-star kickball team. I'm going to go Pele. (laughs) Wow. Pele. Aaron Judge. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) I don't know. I watched Chosen last night and he played a game and he wasn't very coordinated at it. So he'll probably be like for moral support. He'll be third base coach.
0: Jesus would be?
1: Jesus would be. Okay. Yeah. Because I wouldn't want him to hurt. (laughs) I just want to give me a pep, like a pep talk, make me feel yeah. good about myself.
0: Spit a verse at you? Yep. Right.
1: Give me some help here. Who's another dog? I don't know where you go after Tebow. Jesus. Oh, Tim oh, Tebow. Yeah. Tebow. Yeah. Tebow. Jesus 1.0, <laughs> 2.0. <laughs> Who's a Cristiano
2: Ronaldo? It's a good every one. Name. I don't think he'd be very good in the field. I feel he'd be a liability. I was trying to talk Brian from Celsius into getting us messy next year because they just started sponsoring that Miami team. But.
1: Lionel Messi would be a pretty good pickup,
2: and Cliff Daniels,
1: and Cliff Daniels. Yep, Why for, Cliff to, to galvanize the group. Oh, so right, he's a, and he's and your, a, a kickball leader. To, I saw him today, actually. At the fearless simulator. leader, what he? he hello, no, he said, "What are you doing here?" He? <laughs> I'm like, I came here for the coffee, man. You got the guys, nicest curry in town. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think I'm here for? <laughs> they're doing the 300 ring fittings because they all that they're getting all their employees 300, 300 win rings, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm here for the ring, dude. I'd race the race. I get one of those rings. Are you kidding me?" <laughs> he like, looked at me. I'm like, "I'm not getting a ring. Now, if they win an owners championship with a nine car, come on, give me one of them rings. Hell yeah, and
0: a little bonus, a little something."
1: I don't think so. I think that was a one time fee. Thanks for coming. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and and where would I play? What stadium?
0: Yeah, I mean, you don't have to. Fenway's leave home. pretty cool. You can stay in. Have you been in Kanapolis? Yeah. I mean, come on.
1: The Atrium Health Ballpark in downtown Kanapolis is pretty good. I mean, it feels like home now. Yeah. Easy ride home, too. Easy ride home. We were
0: on the big field this year. Yeah. It was
1: uh, was cup. sure. (laughs) It was cup. (laughs) (laughs) Next question
0: Sean K. Morse wants to know. Why were the Roval tires labeled left front, right rear, and right front, left rear? I know there's no stagger, but why couldn't any tire be used in any position?
1: Great observation and question. So from what I understand, they're all four the same, but spring rates are different. So Goodyear gives you a spring rate of the tire, certain compression. So every tire probably varies, what, 30 pounds maybe in spring rate, but also it has to do with how much air pressure's in it. So, all when the tire guy scans all the tires, it'll tell you what the spring rates of the tires are, and then some crew chiefs prefer maybe stiffer right side spring rates, stiffer front spring rates, softer rear spring rates, uh, but you're talking four, five, eight pounds. So, that's why I think that they're labeled that, unless I'm wrong.
2: When I was a tire guy, I would always get super confused that road courses, because you, like, normally you write down, like, 20, say, just for purposes, like, 20 and 10, and that means, like. 20 on the rights, 10 on the lefts for ovals if you're running them square. But at road course, it's like 20 in the fronts, 10 in the rears. So I always get like, damn it, did I get that right? Like I'd always confuse it in my head. But yeah, it's a, all four tires are the same.
0: Yes. Yep. Good questions. Yes. Penny for your thoughts. Keep them coming. You can, A couple of these, they were tweeted to us. Just use the hashtag Penny for your thoughts and we'll get them on the show.
1: Would love to answer your questions. Would also love to give out the Penny Sagger of the Week. I told y'all that it would come from the Kickball Classic. So there was people filing in 5 o'clock. They were coming in in droves. Like I said, we sold 1,200 tickets, a little bit over that. And there was a lot of fans with a lot of merch and a lot of different car parts. Hmm. Some guy, I don't know his name, he asked me like before the – the semifinals game with a celebrity. Call it like 6 o'clock. Hey, man, I've got a nose of yours from somewhere. Could you sign it? I'm like, yeah, man. Where are you at? Oh, I'm over here. I said, so walk out of the door. Like, walk, when you go out, grab it. The door right behind the batting cages, I'll meet you out there. There's, you know, family, this and that. I go get a plate of food because I he- hadn't eaten all day. Get caught up talking to this guy, this yeah, guy. Yeah. Next Next thing I know I'm playing, forgot all about it.
0: Oh, Corey,
1: Three hours go by. Ugh. We end up winning the championship. Go Team Celsius. We got the gold. Let's go. I am down. I'm sitting there on the field signing autographs, watching fireworks with the kiddos, and there's the stadium's clearing out, and a buddy of mine, Brandon, that cooked the barbecue for everybody, was like, there's some old guy that's been outside oh for
0: three hours
1: with a nose. Oh, oh, man. And I was like, oh, so I go outside, there's three or four of them hanging out there, and he had a nose off the built car from last year, and I felt terrible. I signed his nose. I we we had Sweet Arctic coolers with Kickball Classic yeah, on them nice. that we uh gave to all the, the celebrities who played, bunch of stuff inside of them. I used that as a seat to sit down and sign the bumper. And I got home and just hadn't thought about it on Monday or Friday or Saturday or Sunday. I opened my trunk on Monday to like unload the cooler that I was excited to go like load up with some stuff and I left it there. <laughs> so for his, I hope he grabbed it.
0: For his three, for hour his three hours
1: of waiting, I hence Get left it. my cooler full <laughs> of a bunch of cool stuff. Uh, so I hope that he was like, you know what, this sucker made me yeah. wait
0: out here for three yeah, hours. I'm right. taking this
1: cooler. Yeah. So we'll see if that's the case. <laughs> but nonetheless, I got this sweet old stack and pennies cooler we use as a table. Nonetheless. Love it.
0: Yeah, this is like a 200 gallon
2: it is a monster it's a beast my penny stack of the week is genya ramen bar for bringing us food this morning oh dude they had the freaking
1: spread they had what they got pork belly taco things the wings were really good they were surprisingly good the ramen was amazing and i was wondering what the treat was and then they gave me this talking point because they are doing a big event with kyle larson of all people yeah. So Virginia Ramen Bar is hosting an exciting event is a meet and greet with Kyle Larson ahead of the Southern South Point 400. It's going to be in the Virginia Ramen Bar in Las Vegas at the Rainbow locations. I'm not sure exactly where that is. I got a or I got the address right here, but if you're going to be in uh Vegas, go see Kyle Larson and even so if where you don't even if you don't really like Kyle at the Larson track? Go get the chicken wings. Yeah, the chicken. Oh, he's wings. gonna be
0: at their store.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, he's gonna oh, be
0: signing okay. autographs.
1: Big get Robin a picture.
0: Guy. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Those, What's the address? The
1: the address for those who want to go, seven two four zero South Rainbow Boulevard, Suite A. Okay. Somehow uh, William
2: Byron's still twenty four in there, still f- stealing the spotlight. It's always right in there.
0: And if you want William to put it By- in William. your maps, it's pronounced kind of funky. So the spelling is what J. J I N Y A, J I N Y A, Jinya, Jinya Ramen Bar. I'm telling you, good and eats. I don't, I don't gas up food
2: very often because
1: I'm a stickler. But that was some freaking banging. You
0: made me. a big old plate.
2: I, I went back for Scar- triples. I Scarfed it. You know what the good news is for us. What?
0: 60 locations
2: nationwide. So, so if we you can't can get, get it all be, around, you can go you can go anywhere. There's two in
1: Charlotte. You can get that stuff anywhere.
0: Ramen dogs. Mmm.
1: Dogs eat ramen. <laughs> eat Jenya. <laughs> Go get yours. And uh, we appreciate y'all for tuning in each and every week to Stacking Pennies. Also, don't forget, spare change drops race day morning for the South Point 400 at Vegas on NBC. Guys, a round of eight, first round of that, kicking it off this Sunday. Don't miss it. Also, make sure you guys continue to like, write, rate, share, rate, review all the things. And as always, keep stacking pennies. We appreciate y'all. We are presented by Mobile One. Have a good week. Bye.